0: This is going to be great. Abba Father, I love you, and I thank you for my family being here today. And, oh, it is so good to see everybody. Um, Thank you for them. Thank you that we walk together in these matters as a church. We walk together as family. We walk together in the need to understand discipline, how to raise kids, and how to make your marriages strong, all these things. God, would you please be present right now, and speak clearly to all of us. Uh, thanks for the folks that are online. And I, I pray uh, they too will clearly sense your spirit and your truth. Lord, I love you. And I need you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's talk about taking sides. Um, uh, by the way, uh, you, you are all gracious people. And I know you handled all these things very kindly. Um, chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate people, get to pick a side. You are so walking in the will of God. Thank you so much. Chocolate people. My people are here. What about sweet tea versus unsweet tea? Really? You know, I'm from Massachusetts. I'm a Yankee. And there was no such thing as sweet tea. Never heard of that until I until I came down south. And and, you know, what about the Boston Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs? I realize it's a little personal. And by the way, I am not gonna bring up Tom Brady. Can I just get that out there? This is not about Tom Brady this morning. What about, okay, now it's a little personal, so let's kind of back up on the hand raising here. What about public school versus homeschool? A little polarizing, you know, some of us are like, public school's great. Um, Homeschool's the only way. What about maskers, non-maskers? You know, that's a sensitive issue, right? And what about this one? Vaxers, anti vaxxers. Anti-vaxxers. Galen, boy, now this is sensitive, right? Um, and then, of course, spankers versus non spankers. Late 80, we're going to be OK. Mom's here. All right. Spankers versus non spankers. You know, we all see things, very critical issues, sometimes from different perspectives. And we bring sometimes a lot of deep emotional baggage from our childhoods, uh, how our parents raised us, and all those things. Um, And so we see things from different points of view. We need those perspectives. But I want to always remember that at Christ Church, we are going to anchor in Scripture because I really believe it is beneficial, profitable, essential for all the issues of life. So speaking of perspective, just soak that up for a little bit, please. Thank you, Greg. I'm glad you're here. You know, I think she was seeing it from a different perspective and and completely missed. Janice, do you... Okay, Janice is with us on that one. Lisa, are you okay? (laughs) You know, I'm... (laughs) Sometimes we see things from a different point of view and poor Jonah, you know, it's hard, it's hard. All right. What I want to do now is you're going to look at some directly from the American Academy of Pediatrics on spanking. And I present this this morning not because I think they are the uh, cure-all, know-all, all things, all all about, about raising children, but I want you to know clearly the culture that we live in. This is our culture. Uh, I've got it highlighted for you. This is what they call spanking corporal punishment. Corporal from the Latin word meaning the body, to punish the body. So for the purpose of their policy statement, this is what they say. Spanking is, or corporate, corporal punishment is, the non-injurious open-handed hitting with the intention of modifying child behavior. Spanking can be considered a form of physical punishment. As Gershaw and Grogan Kaler noted, most people understand corporal punishment as physical punishment and spanking as being synonymous, synonymous. And the term verbal abuse is used to mean non-physical forms of punishment as defined above. All right, that's what the AAP states. All right, how about this one? They also make these statements about the consequences of abusive punishment. And I'm just going to highlight three and four. Corporal punishment is associated with increased aggression in preschool in school-aged children and experiencing corporal punishment makes it more, not less, likely that a child will be defiant and aggressive in the future. Corporal punishment is associated with an increased risk of mental health disorders and cognitive problems. Wow. That's pretty serious stuff. <laughs> pretty serious. Um, I want to make a comment on a... Uh, on a professional level, all right? And, want, uh, and I, I want you to know, by the way, the AAP has, uh, there's a group of pediatricians that have broken off from them. I want you to know that there are more than one agency regarding the medical profession of pediatrics. <clears throat> but I want you to know this. Regarding um, a very common diagnosis known as PTSD and complex PTSD, I want you to know that some of the key indicators that allow that diagnosis to be reasonable, that diagnosis, is when a child experiences, or an adult, experiences entrapment, there's no way out. There's no way out. Entrapment, number one. And when they experience physical punishment that is illogical, that makes no sense, And all of the people that I see, and and my caseload is trauma-heavy. What I mean by that, most of the people coming in the door to see me have experienced some form of radical trauma. There's an agency referring people to me now who have experienced radical trauma from a therapist. Okay? So the folk that walk in my door, I'm telling you, it is serious business. Okay? Entrapment. And one of, one of the things that all of my clients say regarding their trauma is, I'm confused about it. It doesn't make sense. Okay? Real quick comment, and we're going we're gonna to be on the fly here. Cats, if you grab them by their feet and drop them, whether it's a few inches off the bed of the couch or a foot off the couch or something, TV, they will land on their feet. It's amazing. They have no collarbone. They have a very flexible spine and a tail. And more than anything, they have an advanced vestibular system. Their sense of balance and hearing is so advanced, they can orient spatially in a nanosecond on where their feet need to be, and they will land on their feet. We humans do not do that. When we fall, we're a little bilateral. We go, ah, and our arms go out. It's never, ah. You know, it's always, ah. And when you go down, it's almost like we posture and freeze. And we go down just like that. We can't turn and flip and land on our feet. We don't do it. We just kind of freeze and pass out in mid-flight. We have something cats don't have. We have a riding reflex, not physically like a cat. Our riding reflex is moral. It's an ethical riding reflex. It's called logic. One plus one is two feels really good on the brain. It just feels good. You know, and that's that writing reflex that we have. We know where to where to find the upright position. You know, and and some dude in a grass skirt with a bone in his nose on an island that has never heard about Judeo Christian ethics, who knows nothing of Christianity, who knows nothing of Western thought and Western culture, that dude goes out and he spears a pig to feed his family, and somebody from another tribe steals it, he's gonna be angry. Because that's a one plus one is three kind of thing. And he doesn't like it. And he knows nothing of God. We humans have an ability, we have a writing reflex, ethically and morally. Do you understand? And I think it's God given. I, I know it's God given. What I'm trying to say is the AAP is onto something. And that's called child abuse. All right? And so, a uh, uh, principle forms hurt people, hurt people who hurt people, and it goes right down the line, okay? So this picture here kind of gets at it. When you've got an angry, out-of-control dad who has poured out his wrath on a mom, she becomes an angry, out-of-control mom who pours it out on the kid, and the kid pours it out on the toy or the dog or something like that. Yeah, there's some truth in that. The AAP is onto something. They really are. And, and they walk through my door every day When that that clinic is open, I see them, okay? Now, what we want to do is not let the AAP define all of life and all of matters of parenting. That's not fair. We're not going to fall off on that side. There's got to be something that we can learn from the medical community, uh, but always anchoring on truth. Now, I love this graphic because, you know, it's a beautiful thing when people go to church. It really is. But a church that has no foundationally... The, there's, no, there's nothing to land on, and so people are just leaving the church. Um, I'm assuming you've heard the, the stat that, that as the U.S. population increases, U.S. church attendance is going down. For the first time in history, few, well, I say it's about 100 years, actually. Fewer people are going to church than, uh, uh, than before. In fact, it's less than 50% now. So something's going on. And I think churches that are doing their best to be relevant and non-offensive, and take this really kind of soft approach, believing that if we can make it easy and dumb everything down to the lowest, softest, non-threatening common denominator that will be attractive to people when the very opposite is true. I think we are a nation starving for the truth, starving for answers, starving for something solid to stand on, and that is where God's word comes in. Okay. All right. Getting at God's words is a little hard. Let's go to seminary for just a minute, okay? Can we do Bible college? Talk about hermeneutics. Hermeneutics, simply put, is the science, the discipline, and even at times the art of how you interpret scripture. Here's a really simplified version of this. When you go to read God's word and you're going to try to make a conclusion about what you believe. Make sense? For example, how about, let's, let's kick the bear. Men are better than women. Males are superior to females. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and yet the Bible says that, you know, God, God made Adam in his image and made Eve in Adam's image. So therefore, in some reformed traditions, churches in Little I actually believe this, by the way, that males are, in, are superior to females. Superior. I know. Crazy, right? So let's just say that's your belief. I'm going to say to you, I challenge you, and I'm going to say, okay, are you... What about the test of genre? Genre means the type of writing it is. For example, if you're reading the law, is that something you take seriously? It's, it's meant to be a thou shalt not lie. Isn't that kind of like a one plus one is two thing on the brain? Sure. You're gonna come at that thing very differently than you're gonna come at something from the Psalms. You read the Psalms differently, differently than you read the law. You read the Psalms differently or the biography, the Gospels, you read the Gospels differently than you do apocalyptic, which is the book of Revelation. So if you're reading Revelation and it says here comes something with 10 heads and 100 eyes and horns and everywhere and they're writing this monstrous thing. Does that mean you're going to tell your Christian, your, your, your child that we're going to go find that thing and try to ride it around the neighborhood? Well, that wouldn't be a good hermeneutic. You get what I'm saying? Know what you're reading and know the difference between gospel and poetry, for example. Uh, Number two, is the text descriptive or prescriptive? This is great. When you read the book of Acts, here's the question. Is Acts what kind of genre? Oh, the genre is in Greek, historia, history. Now, history by its nature, is it prescriptive or descriptive? It's descriptive. It's telling you what happened, not what should happen, and it's it's a fascinating thing that churches all all over little rock read acts prescriptively and one denomination favors acts 2 another acts 8 another acts 10 another acts 16 and it's like they're grabbing at what they want making it prescriptive and that's why we have denominations and people that are a thousand miles apart because we're not using the brain God gave us. Not listening to the spirit. What about what about keeping a verse in context? Is your belief in context that a man is better than a woman? By the way they're not, but I'm I'm trying to prove a point. And then what about this? Do the words mean what they say or say what they mean? Do you get what the word means? Because not everything translates from Hebrew or Greek, in this wonderful, smooth, easy, seamless package into English, it doesn't always work well. it can be hard. and then what about this? Uh, I love that the golden rule, the scriptures can only mean today what was originally meant by the Lord through the author that's that's a big rule. It cannot mean today something different then it's got to be the same. and you know just as a, as a comment. We can't doubt in darkness what God has revealed in the light. In other words, the plain sense makes sense. Okay, learn learn the Holy Spirit's wisdom in that. All right, so we're going to muscle through some things in the Proverbs. Now, remember uh, about genre. What kind of of genre is the book of Proverbs? It's it's called wisdom literature. Wisdom. How do you interpret the wisdom literature? Our problem, uh, problems. Are Proverbs like laws? Like you're going to read Deuteronomy? Not at all. Not at all. Remember the verse, Proverbs 22, train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old he won't depart from it? Is that a generalized pr- principle or is it a guaranteed law? It's a principle. Don't force Proverbs into some law, legal kind of thing. Don't do that. That's not the point of wisdom. That's not how it works. So... Child Discipline, Parenting 101. Let's look at what the scripture says about spanking. A wise son, in this instance, Bain, a wise son accepts his father's discipline, musar, discipline, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Interesting. The terms son or child, Bain or Naar, don't necessarily mean a little child. It's really important that you get that. It can mean an adult. Are you saying adults need to be spanked? Yes. <laughs> there it is. There it is. For example, when you, when you read a proverb, it's like you get a thing A and then you get a thing B part. Look at part B. A scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Does that sound like a toddler? Sounds like an adult. So, all right, let's do, let's do some good hermeneutics an adult son. Boy, this is going to be fun. An adult son who doesn't accept his father's discipline. is kind of like a scoffer who, who won't be corrected. An adult son. You and I are Westerners. Boy, we get this idea that uh, at 18, what happens to your kids? Gone. Done. You can't be my boss anymore because I'm 18. And yeah, I get to go do what I want, you know. And, and But we have these markers in Western culture. We are so excited about making a break with authority. We love it. We want to break from authority because we Americans don't like anybody telling us what to do. We love that. We want to do it all by myself, right? We love that. But in, <laughs> these folks are not Americans. These are ancient Mediterranean people. You ready? You never outgrow your parents. If you're a Hebrew, you never outgrow your parents. And even if you're 40 and your dad is 60, you are still under his authority. That is so foreign to us. We are aliens. When you go to the book of Proverbs, we're the foreigners, we're the outsiders, all right? We don't need to Americanize them. We are the outsiders, right? So a wise son accepts a father's a wise adult son. All right, Proverbs 13, 24. He who withholds his rod, a device to spank or punish, can also be used as uh, implements of war. By the way, he who withholds his rod hates, hates his son, even an adult son. But he who loves, loves his child, disciplines him diligently. Wow. He who withholds his rod hates. To not discipline the child, whether it's a toddler, whether it's a teenager, whether it's an adult, is to treat him as though you hate him. Wow. He who fathers a fool does so to his sorrow. And the father of a fool has no joy. Discipline your son while there is hope tikva beautiful word in hebrew tikva discipline your son while there's hope and do not desire his death or you could translate that set your heart on his destruction punishment is never vindictive discipline is never intended to be vindictive at all foolishness is bound in the heart of a child naar and that can be that can be a child is certainly a kid but it can refer to an adult and a servant. The rod of discipline will remove that foolishness from the heart of a child, okay? How about this one here? Apply your heart to discipline and your ears to the words of knowledge. Do not withhold discipline from a child. And though you strike him, this is by the way, the most pointed references in the Old Testament. Though you strike him with a rod, he will not die. You shall strike him with a rod and rescue or deliver his soul from hell, from Sheol. That's one of the most pointed scriptures in in the book of Proverbs that a lot of times uh, secularists and atheists turn to to say, aha, child abuse in the Bible. There it is right there, child abuse. All right? Apply your heart to discipline. Though you strike him with the rod, he will not die. Remember, we are not talking about a vulnerable and weak child, a little girl or a little boy. We are talking about people that are much older. All right. How about this one? The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and your mother be glad, and let her rejoice who gave birth to you. Give me your heart, my son. And let your eyes delight in my ways. That is so critical to understanding what discipline is about. Proverbs 29, 15. The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. An adult son who gets his own way can bring shame to his mother, just like a teenager. Okay, all right. Talk about fathers in America. Now, this is this is something I I used a couple Sundays ago. Uh, Notice the significance of what happens in a home when when there's no father, and there's no order and harmony and love that defines that home. By the way, these stats are from the U.S. Census Bureau. Okay. Really significant. Without a father there, four times the risk of poverty. More likely to have behavior problems. Two times the risk of infant mortality. More likely to go to prison. More likely to commit a crime. Seven times more likely to get pregnant as a teen. More likely to abuse. What's that about hurt people, hurting people who hurt people? No. Two more times likely to suffer obesity, etc. Pretty serious. What about this one right here? This just came out by the U.S. Census Bureau. I know it's hard to read, so I, I did the little color guide to kind of blow it up. Yeah. Do, you think, do you think there are some families that need help? What do you think the answer is? Judging and shaming them? Who the struggle in a single parent dynamic? Is that going to fix it? Yell at them. Label them. Cuss them out. Throw nasty words at them. That's going to fix it. To put them in their place. What if the body of Christ decided, hey, we, we want to help be mamas and daddies. We want to help you with the process of bringing order and grace to the home. We want to to help you in getting a good rhythm and a healthy harmony in your home. Wow. Wow. Wouldn't that be beautiful if the church started acting like the church? By the way, is that something Jesus did? Is he our, oh, 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 what's that? What do we call him? The heavenly father? Oh, how cool is that? (laughs) He's the heavenly father. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get real practical, and and I'm excited about this. Um, There is urgency to master the skills of parenting a child and especially disciplining a child. Again, there's urgency. You know, you, you can't wait to train a child and teach them the ways of God when they're 16. You missed it. It's too late. You know, well, it's not too late. Now's the perfect time to do the right thing. It's not too late, but you get the point. You can't wait and put it off because you're busy or something like that. There is real urgency. Why? I think two reasons children grow quickly and core characters formed early in life. There's something called a core script. The core psychological script, you all have it, I do too, is this, you ready? Here's your core script. I want you to be able to identify it. When you get up in the morning and you crawl out of bed and you look at yourself in the mirror, you hear your core script. It's the voice in your head, down deep. That's your core script. That core script forms by around age five. Mm-hmm. And it's anchored in how we are treated by our mom and our dad. Satan wants our kids, and boy, he wants them at an early age. Discipline, there is tremendous urgency on how you raise your kids, all right? Um, I'm not sure, I'm just telling you, don't wait, don't wait. And be alert to what is out there that's going to destroy, damage, and bring tremendous harm to our kids. Um, love is the healthiest motivation for child-rearing and discipline, all right? Um, And there's lots and lots of scriptures. And I would just beg you, moms, dads, put your phones away. Just put them away. (laughs) Put them away. Uh, I'm not not being prophetic when I tell you, but I I would not be surprised that DSM-6, when it rolls out whenever in the next four or five years, There'll be a device addiction disorder new entry, you know, that people are literally getting addicted to electronic device. And, by the way, have you ever seen a, a toddler on an iPhone? How content they are? It's like, it's like, it's like a drug. And they, they get quiet and content and... Oh, and what happens when you take it away?
1: <laughs> they,
0: go for, they go for the juggler, right? This is the stuff that hints at the power of addiction relating to an electronic device. It's real, people. The dopamine drop that you get on your phone, it's powerful, okay? Um, The big rules. Do not discipline in anger, frustration, or as some twisted payback from your childhood. Don't. No, 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 no. Psalm 103, 13 and 14, That the Lord is a compassionate father, like a father who has compassion on his kids. And he knows that we're but dust. Do not discipline a child for being childish. That's really critical that you get that. When a child does the wrong thing, even flat out disobeys, they do that sometimes because they're childish. That's all. Spank? Nope. Nope. Not on that one. Not on that one. No spanking. Right. There are many, many other ways to spank. If you, you know, you've got our bank spankers and non-spankers. If you're a spanker, the one time you, I think you need to do it is when there's blatant rebellion. And it's used, pay attention, as an attention-getting device. And here we're going to deal with a little semantic battle with, with words here mm-hmm. and what they may and may not mean. I do not believe in getting a belt. Or a, a rod or something and waylaying the fool out of a child. I do not believe in that. Do I believe that a wooden spoon and popping the hand or popping the bottom a couple times to get attention works? I actually do. I really do. And I think this is the intent uh, of, this, of this word that can be, and I'm telling you this word can be harsh in Hebrew, naha. Not a fun word. Strike. Not a fun word, naha. In fact, that's the word that describes how God, Naha, Egypt, with ten plagues. He, Naha, struck Egypt. We are not talking about that. That is child abuse. That is criminal and must never be done by those who name the name of Jesus Christ or anybody else for that matter. We do not discipline Naha, a child for being childish. When it comes to a spat or something on the hand or the bottom, I think that's in bounds. Uh, Do not use an open hand. Only a wooden spoon or a spatula or something like that. Never a belt. Physical discipline is the last resort and never the first reaction. Last resort, never the first reaction. Okay. All right. (laughs) handling scripture is hard you know I could have done a real life giving sermon and I could have said but God wants to give you your best life now (laughs) and his hand is open to you poof blessings did you feel them? blessings they're everywhere poof blessings I could take my coat up and whoosh blessings are falling everywhere it's awesome Oh. I could say, hey, you know where we're living and dying? Right at home. <laughs> where our marriages get stressed. Oh, that woman you gave me, Lord. She puts her hands on her head. Jonah, you're three days late, buddy. Your dinner's cold. And that whole thing, you know. Or the, the, the woman saying, you know. Why do I feel like I have to parent my husband? I'm tired. And all the ladies chuckle, because you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, oh, you get tired. Same right there, you're not supposed to, this, to be a child. <laughs> <laughs> you've been hard on Lee, haven't you? <laughs> you want to marry a man, not a boy. I got that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Hey, people, this is where we're living, okay? It really is. This is where we live. And, and we've got to learn to discipline. Now, if you're a non-spanker, an anti-spanker, you realize that I just said I, I'm making room for a spat on the hand or the bottom. And you might think that, that that's wrong. I love you. I need you to love me. Please don't shame me in the dirt. <laughs> that's not the point. I'm not talking about child abuse. Okay. By the way, let's, this is really fun. Do you, what, do you think the, what do you think this phrase means? If they're such a godly person. I just spit. I am so sorry. That almost hit your toe. <laughs> I am so sorry. That would be bad. Can I drink some coffee? I'm getting wound up. Um, what do you think the phrase is? You're such a godly person, such a godly woman, godly man. What does it mean to be godly? It's real simple. Go for the easy. Godlike? Be like God? Godly? Sure. Okay. How does God discipline you? Grace and love. Greg, you nailed it. Thank you for being here. I love you, brother. Thank you. I need you here. When is the last time God jerked you up by your collar, pulled your britches down in public where the neighbors can see it, and beat you with no mercy? When, when is the last time that happened? Uh, the whole year of 2020. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Okay. Well played. (laughs) Yes. Really? (laughs) You get your point for sure. sure. So if we're going to be godly, (laughs) do you realize that there's no justification if we're going to be godlike as parents to explode and go off the rails with our kids or our spouse? You can't say that's godly discipline. It's not. It's ungodly discipline. Okay. Now, this isn't Slam Parents Day. Um, but for the point, what if you're a dad and you've made a mistake and you're disciplined in anger? What, what do you do? Counsel, counseling session. What do you do when you've got a dad that's disciplined in anger? What do you do? You ask forgiveness for it. You, and Do you admit it? You say, hey, what I did was wrong. No excuse, no justification at all. It's wrong, and I'm asking you to forgive me. I encourage you to scratch the word apologize out of your vocab, please just get rid of it. Put that in the delete trash can and get rid of the word apologize. Just admit it, own it, I was wrong. No excuse. I was wrong, and I'm asking you to forgive me. There's brilliance in that, yeah. You know what, when that happens, you know what happens in the little kid's brain? A writing reflex kicks in and they go, Oh, that feels good. One plus one is two. I like that. I like that. One of the key indicators of, of trauma, and I'm talking about the real stuff, not your mom beat you in checkers stuff. Uh, <laughs> the folks that came to my office the, they always say, I'm confused. I don't know why that happened. Everyone. And by the way, they also say this, Chris, I'm wasting your time. There's somebody else that really needs this. They've had it way worse than I do. They all say that. Everyone, to the person, they all say that, which is nothing but an indicator of just how deep their trauma is, by the way. All right, you're the church. You're the body of Christ. How can we as collectively help raise our kids and do it with grace and love, with the right motivation? How can we do this stuff?
2: Tell your child, no, when they're five, it's hard to tell them no when they're sixteen. I'm going out. No, you're not. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. My mom put a healthy, respect and authority to me. Not abusive. Yep. She got my attention. So when I was older, yeah, I kept myself in check.
0: What happens to children who get their way all the time? Are they coachable in sports? Are they teachable in school? You see it, Justin, as a principal. Are they employable? The first time they get a, a bad eval, they have a full-on meltdown. Like, life's not fair. Boy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So vitamin N, right? <laughs> you all need a daily dose of vitamin N. That's good. Someone else. How do we, the body of Christ, do we help raise our families? Because we need to do this together. This really is, I think, a matter of the body of Christ. Um, anybody yes Terry
1: I found
2: that if I admonished in private and praised in public uh, it was really beneficial yeah. uh, when my son did something
1: good I praised him in front of anybody who was there yeah. friends family dogs everyone yeah
2: and when he made a mistake, that was one-on-one. Yeah. And um, I think my son would rather had a whooping than me telling him that I was disappointed.
1: Ooh, say
0: that one more time. That's big.
2: I think my son would rather had a physical whooping than me telling him that I was disappointed in
0: yeah, that's so good, Terry. Oftentimes, again, for, for adults who, as children, develop what's called CPTSD, PTSD, complex PTSD, they almost all agree with that. The thing that hurts the most isn't necessarily the fist or getting their body slammed, although that's horrific, but it's the shaming. Well, again,
1: that yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I want to give you a quick story about me uh, when, when I was abused as a child. I, have, I, have, I experienced child abuse on a, on a... You don't want to know my stories, all right? Let me just put it to you that way. But I'm going to give you one of them. Um, uh, Lisa, I have to be three and a half. Three and a half years. I've got... You weren't there. Bless you. Right? So she's parenting her child right now. I wasn't there. I wasn't there, little Chrissy. Remember that. I was about three and a half, and uh, my bio dad who I thought was one of the most evil humans that walked the earth, uh, decided I was acting like a baby. I was an immature little baby. Be- three and a half, because I had a stuffed tiger. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. And I love my little stuffed tiger. And if you know anything about what's called object relations theory, which I, com- I am completely, uh, I embrace that theory um, when, when when you're a newborn baby, the object that you're that the infant attaches to is mommy's breast. And that object defines reality for the baby. Okay? Alright, and then and that an object that replaces the breast is called a pacifier. Kinda looks like something, doesn't it? Ain't that something? Then what does it go to? a blankie, a, a, a stuffed tiger, right? That is the object the child relates to that d- defines its world, right? And then maybe it's a bicycle, maybe it's a puppy, and then maybe it's a, a car, and maybe it's a job. And these are all things that define who we are. Well, my bio dad decided I was a baby and I didn't need a stuffed tiger. And he ripped it out of my hand. I am wailing, okay? And he walks, I remember in the kitchen, this is in the kitchen, Joe. Walk through the breezeway, I follow him, he goes into my garage, and in our garage there were open rafters, okay? And there were some two by fours up there. And he took it and he threw it up in the rafters. And my tiger landed up there, kind of on a rafter and kind of on a piece of two by uh, plywood up there, and I could see tiger up there. My heart was broken. That is child abuse, full-on child abuse. I'm 60, Sonny. <laughs> I've got video in my head. <laughs> At 60, by the way, that's called an eidetic memory, which means it's vivid, as opposed to aporetic, which means it's foggy and blurry and stuff. Deeply vivid memory of that. Um, you ready to get personal? Boy, we're getting personal now. Guess what's next to my bed right now? Tiger. A tiger. tiger. <laughs> a tough tiger. Yeah, about 10 years ago, at least 10 years ago, something like that. My daughter Catherine said, hey, Dad, what do you want for Christmas? And I went, I want a stuffed tiger. And I, got, and I went, why not? 50, 55-year-old guy gets a stuffed tiger if he wants it. So I did. <laughs> and and, and I've got it right there. And you know what? It doesn't make me a baby. Even at 60, you know what it makes me? It reveals I'm human, Janice. I'm human. Yeah, that's a child abuse story. Very real. I got lots more, and you don't want to hear them. I I, I am a trophy of the grace of God. Let me just put it to that way. It's amazing that I'm here. It's a gift, and there is no doubt why I'm on planet Earth and why this church and Grace Counseling Clinic is making wow the difference. It's just awesome what's happening. All right. Hey, we need each other. You're the body of Christ. How do we do this? Somebody else. How do you raise kids? Carrie? Uh, I have a question, actually. So, from <clears throat> um,
3: birth to five years old, that's when you
0: get your teeth yep. like, script in your head. and Yep, Carrie, it goes deep. So, Church, your sister just asked a
3: question.
0: Yes, there is hope. Okay. Ticabac, In he reveals hope. Okay. More. I tell you, Jesus, he can heal it all. Right? <laughs> yes. I often yeah. testify to that. And there are a lot of people in this room that are... You are Absolutely, the, I am, yeah. He heals it. The memories are still there, but he yeah. heals yeah. it, and it doesn't yeah. define you anymore. Yeah. 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 Give us more, though. There's hope. Christ is the great healer. In fact, Isaiah 9, he's a wonderful counselor. Yeah. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wow. Okay, but give me more. What do you do with someone who's experienced radical trauma at a very early age? What did they do, yeah. Forgiveness. Yeah. Sure. And there's, there's
1: practicality in being able to reach out to appropriate people to talk about that stuff. Yeah. I think for a long time, I would uh, Well, Jesus will think practical therapy or practical things that would help regulate my life from some of the trauma I experienced as a kid. And it wasn't until I opened up and said, This is a very real thing. This hurts. And I'm anchored in with Jesus. But there are people out there that are qualified to be able to listen to those Mm -hmm. things without judgment, without the intimate connectivity that they that maybe a spouse or parent or somebody that knows you more and have that objective standpoint in in and of itself that's a level of Christ's love Mm. because Christ's love is unconditional. and yes I can absolutely pray and say God take this away from me get me through this trauma that I'm dealing with but there's something about that coffee interaction that sense of having a face to face with someone who wants to genuinely hear what you're saying hear your story and to, hear, and to hear them say, it's going to be okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so that's so good having catch.
1: that anchored in with Christ, I think Christ gets you through the long-term, like through all this, Christ is never going to change. But there's real value in being able to reach out to someone, a physical person, and say, I need you to hear me.
0: What do you think happened in my heart when I trusted you in person and those online with my Tiger story? Maybe painful memories are not so heavy. What else? Backwards. What's that? It loses its power. Loses some power. I like that. That's a really good idea. Somebody else? What do you think happened to me? I feel
3: validated.
0: Feel validated? Do I feel embarrassed and ashamed? No, ashamed. And unknown. Boy, there it is. Can, do you have somebody to talk to? Okay, let's punch out a couple more here. Watch this. Discipline must intend to help the child share in the holiness of God. This is about godly character. Now watch this, Hebrews 12, 10. God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share his holiness. <coughs> Parents who model sharing his, the holiness of God are effective in raising their kids to do the same. Please soak that up. Parents who model sharing the holiness of God tend to be more effective in raising their kids to do the same. Godly character may be defined as repeating the words of Jesus and replicating the acts of Jesus. Here's some examples of what godliness looks like. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, diligence, faith, moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. That's the stuff that we raise our kids to embrace. That's it. But we have to model that first. We cannot give what we don't possess. We will never be able to give what we don't possess. If we don't possess this as moms and dads, how are you going to give it? Okay? Children always absorb their parents and family dynamics. Always. Children intuitively give their hearts to a loving and trustworthy parent. The obverse is true as well. Okay, someone else on why this matters. Um, I yeah, yeah, yeah. well, think you, you what Pat said, is really, you, all you're saying there is discipleship.
2: It's exactly what me, it is. All, all that stuff there, that's part of discipleship. Yes, it is. Yes. This is my opinion, is discipleship takes place face-to-face, not on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you're on Facebook, you cry and nobody will see. Yeah. When I mean, you're in, in a group of guys and you're talking about your tiger, you, you <coughs> weep. The guy's going to love you. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, so I think you get stronger. We can work through the pains of the past and all that through
0: discipleship. Yeah. yeah. Faithful people and trusting you also. Interested. Yeah. and that you yes, um, Janice. Well, I can I have a question because I know that um,
3: godly discipline.
1: Yeah. us we cannot the church yeah. because
0: it's abuse. Yeah. How do we handle this type of Yeah, yeah, okay. Ouchie, ouchie, going to hit it head on. You ready? If we were doing Galatians 5 and 2 Peter 1, they wouldn't be in our business. <laughs> we're messing up. Do you, know, do you know who some of the main abusers are of the patients that come to see me? Parents, Chr- Christian parents. And pastors that are abusing their children. Sometimes the the, the worldly people got their nose up in our business because that's exactly, they have just cause to do that. being, you know, there wasn't a person there to do it,
4: that you're never going to leave your past back there. Never.
0: If you turn around and look at it. Yeah, and yes. And over it and acknowledge the pain. Yeah. Because yeah. mine got pushed down so far. Yes. It came out, I was like a bulldozer. Always does. Over people. Yeah. And I just, you know, there are a lot of people left in the wake of my anger that was because I was pushing it down and pushing it down and it was my past. I had to get over it. Yeah. Edie, you, know? you just spoke such wisdom. Um, uh, the ego defense that you just described is called repression. Yeah. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. By the way, you can be single and be an amazing parent. Mason Collar, you're an amazing parent. Father Lee, uh, when you take gas fishing, when you talk about life, and you make them responsible, you know, like put your own worm on the hook kind of thing. You're helping these little guys become men. And that's a beautiful thing. You can be single and never been married and have a tremendous impact as, as a male role model or as a female role model. Um, Stephen?
2: Yeah, uh, someone online asked a question, does discipline prepare us to respond to and obey God?
0: Absolutely. And it also helps us face life. And, and if you want to go real deep, uh, look at how Christians are being persecuted around the world. Yep. Yep. Um, Stephen, yep.
2: Also, uh, Nedra Sharp, who's not here up in Northwest. Hey, Her Randy daughter, and Nedra. Um, she just wants to offer and say that Family Life does have podcasts and resources addressing this subject. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One recommendation is grace-based parenting. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So not done,
0: not sure. Yeah, that is so good, uh, Justin, sir. I
2: was, I was going to say, um, kind of the things that I've realized over the years that I think this matters so much, but I think how mom and dad treat each other is very important yes. when it comes to child um, discipline. Yes,
0: yes, yes. yes.
2: Um, and then on top of that, I think that we have to, as godly parents, regularly separate their behavior from our love of them, <laughs> right? Like, it's not what you do that makes me love you. It's who you are. And you have to communicate that through behaviors and actions and words and mm. affirm that constantly. Mm. Right? Like, and I would just encourage parents that I think discipline becomes so much more rich yeah. when, when your child knows it regardless of my behavior. Yeah. I'm known and loved by my parents.
0: Yeah. Now this is a guy that deals with hundreds and hundreds of students, mm-hmm. and he sees it lived out. Real quick story: a dear client, um, a dear client. <clears throat> when her mom would discipline her, the mom would say, "Get out of my sight! I don't even want to look at you. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't want to look at you. It's like, it's like I, I, I don't." I don't want them to Yeah, yeah. They, they're, yeah. And, and I'm seeing this, I'm seeing this person, about that. they're out of state. And I wish it was basically, because that's when it really gets good. But healing is taking place. Because I'm helping them discover that they have worth in Christ. Outside of how their mom or their dad treats them. Wow. Can you imagine, does anybody here want to go back to the Old Testament? You want to live that way? Where it's not based really on who you are, but what you do? Can you imagine? <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't want that. I, I need grace. Hey, parenting is it's hard. <laughs> it's
4: also very rewarding. Um, but I feel like my parents did a very good job of disciplining me and really want to solve the discipline of my sister who was closest to me. She was three years older. And knowing, you know, what would be an effective discipline because it wasn't always, you know, I got spanked a lot because that's what I mean. That's, <laughs> was but my sister, she really like spanking didn't even like phase her. But like, you know, being on timeout or not being able to go with friends, stuff like that, those were like far, you know, more effective, more, yeah. more effective punishment for her. But you know, even though my parents, I feel like did a really good job with that. And kind of just establishing, you know, my morality. They also didn't—they were still humans, and they did a lot of things wrong. And you know, they didn't have the greatest marriage between the two of them. And I saw that too. And so, parenting—you know—it's not just about your relationships with your kids. It's also about you know the relationships with those closest around you, your parents, your spouse, stuff like that. And if you, you know, were raised in a An environment where any one of those was lacking, just ask God to put people in your life and seek out people Ah. that do it well and learn from them. Yes. Because I never I never asked God for that, but he did that anyways. And you know, because of that, I was able to still learn and grow in my, you know, especially once I left when I was in college and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. God can you know help you with. Mm-hmm. through things and still grow you as a person and parent you through other people.
0: <clears throat> Boy, Matt, you, you hit it. All right, so check this out. At Christ Church, we begin with teaching. Mm-hmm. We do fellowship, as what's happening right now. We're going to break bread and worship together, and we're going to pray. Do you realize that at the end, this is when we do what Matt was just talking about, when we talk and we share our tiger stories and other stories, and we say... Hey Edie, I want to hear about how you did that. How's that again, Edie, or something like that? Or, and we chat and we talk and we pray together, and that's when we become family, as the body of Christ. And you hear from a fatherly dad-like heart or a mom-like heart, brother and sister, etc. And and we heal. So it's beautiful. So, Michelle. Um, uh, Michelle, Michel, I know
3: time's late. Um. I've noticed especially if we understand not strictly men that they get to their 20s and they start Or just to say, you know, come to that place of like my parents maybe were doing
0: Parents are human too, aren't they? And not every kid gets the signal straight. um, uh, Laura, I think, and then we'll do one more. So what you're not allowed Lord. to do is to react a certain way because of your feelings. Mm-hmm. You cannot hit me because you are not. You are allowed to feel that. Yeah, so and we to find a different way that. to express that. <coughs> yeah. But I just, I, want, I just want people to know, like, people carry everything too big. I feel
2: like I've said all those things, and it's totally bad. Yeah, that's so good, Lord. Thank you. Mason, you're at Betty. I want to briefly talk about what you're about with the course script and how that and our self-talk and how that impacts how we respond to other people um, including but not limited to children, um, how we respond to everyone. And so I know that um, you and I have talked about this a lot, but if I'm looking in the mirror and I see things that aren't aligned with Christ, I, with my identity in Christ, with what Christ says about me, mm-hmm. then every thought that I have throughout the day about myself will run through that core script. Yes. And it's filtered by that. So if I have 15 thoughts about myself, and that's impacted by me just having, a, having parents who aren't perfect, you know, they're worldly parents. I mean, they're trying their best, they did an awesome job, I, I think, but. They're not perfect. Uh, and so am I reminding myself when that course grip comes to mind, and that self-thought comes to my head, am I correcting that to what Christ called me? Mm. The same number of times that it, it comes to
0: mind throughout the day. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's do this. Let's just kind of get quiet and uh, take a, a look deep inside. Uh, In John 15, verse 9, Jesus is teaching the disciples. By the way, he says, I'm not going to call you slave. I'm going to call you friend. And there's a level of intimacy that is beautiful. And he says to them, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Could you just let your brain soak up the idea that you are as loved as Jesus is loved? That can make up for a lot of pain. That can make up for a lot of loss. And Mason is on to that. You know, if you have Christ's esteem and that I am as loved as Christ is loved, then that can change everything about my day and how I'm going to think and value and, and act. Uh, greater, n- there's no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friend. And Jesus Christ has laid down his life for you. Um, if you know of a single parent, especially in the body of Christ... Can you see how important your role is to come beside them, do life with them and help them with parenting, help them with family? That's so important. So um, I wanna pray and bless you all. Abba Father, uh, what has happened this morning is so beautiful and so full of grace in life. We have so much work to do to love each other, to love you and help raise children to share in your holiness and your character. Lord, we cannot give away what we don't possess. And so as adults and as grandparents, help us to literally walk out the esteem of your son so that we are like him and we can pass that on. The most attractive things of love and joy and peace and patience, beautiful things that children long for, that we long for. And God, we're going to get to sing. And, and, and literally put to words how good you are to us. We don't accomplish these things. You accomplish them on our behalf through Jesus. Thank you. And I'm asking for your grace to be made real to each of us now. In Jesus' name, amen.